friends. We are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One with Friends podcast. We have a special guest with us. Of course, we love inviting our friends. Guess who's back, 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 back. <laughs> it's Will. Hey, guys. How's it going? Um, so we know his beautiful wife ventured back over with us after the, their little duo episode together. But we asked Will to come back separately as well because, one, he's our friend. Two, we love having the input of guys on this show since half of the friends on the show are guys. So it's nice <laughs> to have a male point of view to change things up a little bit from our continual repeated bashing of Ross and love of Chandler and whatever else we continue doing all the time. So, um, well, I know that we are part two of this episode. So last (laughs) week we read the episode recap for you guys. Um, but the episode recap really mainly focused on the first half of the episode. So there is no recap. We're going to tell you what it's all about and then you can recap it yourself. Right. Yep. (laughs) Sounds good. It's a, it's a DIY portion (laughs) of the new segment. Um, Okay, so the episode is the one after the Super Bowl, part two, that we know for sure. Um, According to Access in 2018, it reports that it was the most watched episode in its initial airing with 53 million viewers. I have also seen statistics that said it's the highest rated for the Friends in the, the series in its entire run. Wow. Which is because it was after a Super Bowl. Probably. Yeah, absolutely. And who doesn't love Julia Roberts? That is it's true. And John Con Van Damme. I can't Apparently, uh, well John Van Damme. <laughs> yeah, Jean Claude Van Damme. That's his name. Um yeah, so really popular one, but you're right, it's probably because it was at the end of a Super Bowl, so we well, we open up with the everyone's on set in the soft open, just like we left off. Um, now, essentially, just Joey goes back to, or um, what happens in the very beginning already? It's like Marcel kind of goes back to the handler or runs away, and they're all just kind of like putzing around on set, right? Yeah, they're just talking on set, and essentially really? Joey. Joey really wants to interview for a position on set. He figures, I'm an actor. This is my opportunity. I'm going to maximize it. So he grabs Phoebe and said, let's let's just walk over here for a second. And he starts like interviewing in front of the director. Right, because the movie is about some like flesh-eating virus, which mm-hmm. before we move past this point, the hazmat suits behind them when they were talking – just like the whole thing is just so funny and like relevant to like 2020 with <laughs> flesh eating, but not that COVID is flesh eating by any means, but um, it was just, it was just kind of timely like that we're doing this now, but yeah. yeah. I, um, I think the, the, the movie that he's on that Marcel is filming while he visits, while the friends visit the set is based on the film outbreak. Cause that is the other movie that, the real life monkey was used in. Mm. You guys remember? Oh, the yeah. yeah. Katie. I forgot about that. Also filmed in the movie Outbreak. So I oh. think that they loosely based 
this this film on that movie because the film would have been with that monkey so it, cool. it kind of like weirdly weaved together really well yeah but the man playing the director is none other than david crane the writer and director of friends so he really? made a little cameo in his own in his own show i love it when they do that i know me too it reminds me of lord of the rings peter jackson appears in all of the films so it's like a little like easter egg you've got to like you've got to like find him I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I love Lord of the Rings. I'm so mad at myself. I don't know this. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll uh, tell you where he's at uh, off screen. I was going to say like some obscure like background sort of thing. Like, so the first one is, you know, when the hobbits first go to Bree. Yeah. And they arrive in the village and that man mm-hmm. comes out of that room and he crunches on a carrot. Yeah. That's Peter Jackson. That's wow. So he cool. dresses up in character. In one movie, he's one of the men in that village. In another yeah. movie, he's one of the men of Gondor, like, in That's the cool. battle. So it just depends. Yeah. I love when people, but, when directors do that. And I, I know I caught that in, during the Friends episode. I was like, oh, that's really cool. If I was a director, I'd probably do that. Cut myself all, <laughs> Like, the actors get all of the glory for the movies. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sure, like, yes, they have, like, awards for the directors and for the... um the music and for like, they do have awards for that, but I feel like because the actors are the face of the movie, they get the most credit. Yeah. Um, so I like when they do that. Cause it's like, they should get a little bit of screen time for their own movie. If that's sure. something, you know, that they're willing to do, you know, put them as an extra or in a director's chair, like he plays normally, you know? Yeah. Totally. So I think that's a fun, a fun fact. So um, then we jump into the body and we see Julia Roberts. She's like the one of the first faces that we see. Um, I found out that the other, that production assistant that she's talking to is her real life sister, Lisa. Really? Yeah. So she brought her sister on set hmm. to, to be in this show. Interesting. Um, and then another fun fact, which, you know, everyone might know, but Matt Perry and Julia Roberts dated for... A little bit after filming this episode. I did not know that. Which that is a weird, to me, that's a really weird combo. I, think I don't, I don't know if Julia Roberts well enough. Why is I it weird to you? I think that she seems to me like more of an A-list actor, actress, actor. I think they I want mean, to be called actors. Yeah, she was more in movies than TV. Right. She was the opposite. Like, I feel like her career went on and, like, continued to just keep getting better and better. And not that I don't love Matthew Perry, but his, can, his like, moving forward track record is, like, good movies, but more obscure. Like, I don't know. I just, I just see her. I'm seeing them together now, like, as, you know, this is back in 96. Right you know, 24 years later, I'm thinking of her and her career now. Yeah. So it makes it seem like it's such an odd match. But back yeah. then, they're probably on the same playing field, you know? Sure. So I, um, they... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, no, I was going to say, when I first saw Julia Roberts, and I don't say this out loud because it's embarrassing, but um, <laughs> I always used to get her mixed up with Renee Zellweger. I don't <laughs> know why. 
like I don't, I don't even know if I know who Renee Zellweger actually is. And so when I first saw this episode, I was like, oh, it's Renee. And then my wife was like, oh, it's Julia Roberts, like out loud. I was like, oh yeah, it's Julia Roberts. <laughs> the only note I have from this section. Like, oh, now I'm really Renee. having a hard time picturing Renee Zellweger. Like I know, I'm, I know okay, what no, I'm picturing her, but I'm I'm not seeing the resemblance. So. Oh, there's probably no. I don't even. I can't even picture Renee Zellweger. I just. I wonder if they were in a movie together, and maybe you just like. Might have been. Maybe. Or I like heard the name while Julia Roberts is on a movie one time, and I just made the association. Could be. But she'll happens. always be Renee to me. So. <laughs> Renee. <laughs> Yo, Renee. <laughs> what up, Renee? What's up, My friends? <laughs> um. Okay, so essentially they they reconnect. Julia comes up to Chandler. I call her Julia. She's not Julia in the show, but now I've forgotten her name because I just called her Julia the entire time while making notes. So <laughs> she fun. comes up and she's like, you remember it's me from, you know, fourth grade or something. She's like, you pulled my underwear down like in front of the entire our school class or whatever. Or pulled her skirt up and showed pulled her Pulled her skirt up. Right. Okay, wow. Underwear yeah. down. <laughs> very different things. <laughs> it's really early, guys. <laughs> like two very different things. So, okay. So she flashed her underwear to the like entire school pretty much. And she's still 20 years later, just mortified about it. And he says, great job growing up, which is such a, a funny Chandler way of saying <laughs> like, you look really beautiful, you know. Yeah. Great job growing up. Fun fact, in the record window, or in the window of the record shop on the set, a record of Chris Isaac is seen, who we know was in the last episode as Phoebe's love interest, Rob Donnan. So he obviously guest featured in the first part, but then his record was in the window um, of the second part to kind of tie those two strings together. Interesting. Um, okay, I have a question. J- JCVD, Jean Claude Van Damme. That's just such a mouthful, first of all. Is he attractive or not? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Well, I was going to say, Wait. I think there were some different standards back then for like a <laughs> typical man. You know what I mean? Like the, okay. he was pretty big. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was European, and mm. so like the accent, I think, was I a big thing. Okay. Um, as a guy, I'm not like, oh, I wish I looked like him. So, okay, like, that was going to be my question. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, he's a cool accent, and he's pretty ripped, but that's about it. And he's he's so, and he's an actor, so like sometimes actors like have that effect where it's like. If they weren't an actor, you'd see them and they're just like a normal person, but then they're an actor and like, oh my gosh, they're so handsome. Yes. You know? yeah. yeah. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Is he, he kind of, he was kind of in the same era as like Rocky, right? Mm-hmm. I believe so. Because I feel like there's like a genre or there's like a type to that type of character. So like he yeah. fits in, Rocky kind of fits into that. He's not as like suave maybe as like that accent, but they're all that yeah. like big, muscly, you know, like beat him up guys. Strong jaw. Pr- yes. Pr- pronounced chin, you know. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's it. I feel like for me, I wrote this down. I feel like he's our current, he's, he's, 
he's the earlier version of our current Jason Statham, where you look at him and you're like, he's not really that attractive. I mean, he's like, he's pretty much bald, but he won't shave his head, (laughs) you know? So he's trying to like keep whatever's left, but they put him in these action movies where he's like heroic and like, and you're just like, oh my gosh, do I think Jason Statham is cute? And then you get done with the movie and you're like, no, I don't. But during the movie, you just question it because of his heroics. <laughs> I would and agree. They very, they very much get like pigeonholed into like these very specific types of roles too. Like imagine yes. Rocky or Jason or or like um or Jason Statham and like I don't know, um Little House on the Prairie. Like they can't be in those movies. Like, well, it's like it's like when when Vin Diesel was in The Pacifier. Yes. And at first, I was like, "What on I earth?" I love that movie so much. It's a great movie, and he did a good job. But like, when you first heard like Vin Diesel Pacifier, yeah. you're like, "What?" Something in here doesn't movie. Belong. Right. Right. They always have to make him be like a oh, he's an undercover Something. agent because he's in a comedy, but he also is typecast as like the really strong male but deep yeah. down he's a softy and then he realizes it at the end of the movie but it makes him stronger this is great commentary i love it <laughs> so jean-claude van damme is jason statham 20 years later yes yes wow. that makes sense now monica has a really big crush on him however and apparently, secretly, so does Rachel, because she gets under the actor effect in his presence and ends up being asked out on a date as she's half trying to promote her friend instead. So she goes back to Monica and just hounds in the point that he kept asking and asking and just like begging. And Monica's finally like, do you want to go out with them? Like, then go for it. Like, I'm fine. And then they do. And, and Mon- uh, Rachel just can't shut up about it, which, you know, we'll come back. But do you think that was like a, I think that was a really like manipulative and like shoddy thing of Rachel to do. Oh, hundred percent. Like for Monica, like she knew how much Monica, like all she did was talk about it. And then she came back and like. But I feel like we're still in that stage of Rachel where it's, she's not quite, I mean, she is a team player, but she is still like very selfish because I feel like she's still coming out of the, I get everything, you know, like the rich, rich girl lifestyle almost. Mm -hmm. Um so I, I'm not surprised that she acted that way, but yes, I definitely think, especially because like Monica is our closest friend right now. Right. And, you know, her roommate and all of that. So to step up and say like, yeah, let me just go talk to him for you and then come back <laughs> and openly say like, I would rather go on a date with him. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. bold, Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely an ouch for Monica for sure. And like, she didn't really empathize with like, Monica was just like shot down. Right. You know, not just by anybody, but by someone famous. So that's really going to hurt. <laughs> right. And isn't Monica still jobless at this point? Gosh, I think so. So, like, she's already down. Yeah. She's, yeah, that's true. So, I have a question. 
Yeah. Yes. This whole scenario where, you know, two friends admiring a strapping fellow and one of them wants to go out with them and then the other goes instead. Is that a real, is it a relative scenario to like real life? Is that comparable to real life scenario? Has that ever happened to either of you? Hmm. Like, or some sort of variation of that situation? Where one friend likes somebody, but the other friend end up, ends up going out with them? Mm-hmm. That has happened to me. Oh, really? Which, which <laughs> yeah, side? I, and I was the Rachel in this situation. Jeez. Oh, so, because here's, well, <laughs> here's the reason I ask is because, and maybe this is just the difference between, you know, my perspective as a guy and you, got, you, and you ladies. I actually had a hard time with Monica in that situation. But you guys actually make a good point because they were close friends and like even though Monica in the moment said yes, like mm-hmm. give her the green light, like yeah. Rachel probably should have realized like, oh, she's just doing that to be nice mm-hmm. and like stuff. So Yeah. So I get it now. But I was while I was watching it, I found myself going, Monica, if you don't want her to go out with them, just say no. Yeah. And, and, I would yeah. I would agree with that. I think for Monica being as strong and um like strong willed as she is, of the two, she probably would be the last passive one. And yet she did show that kind of tendency to be like, Do you want to go out with him? Like yeah, and threw right. it back on her and then resented her for it. One, I think it's it's a lot of things because it's a friend show, they want to bring out the humor. I think it's a breakdown yeah. in communication, as is mostly everything in life. <laughs> um, I mean, if, if Monica had an issue with it, she should have said something. I totally agree with you on that. I think Rachel um, was is selfish enough at this point still to not take into account other people's feelings. And so she like celebrated really quickly right in front of her face and then yeah. kept bringing up all the good things that they did together and is just really insensitive to Monica's feelings, I think. But on, then again, to her, I'm trying to like play post both sides, yeah. but then to her credit, Monica did say yes, you know, so it's like, it's a, it's a variation of, of both. I think, I think Monica should have stood her ground a little bit more. So I, I do agree with you on that. Yeah. I think that part of the whole situation is very relative to real life. Cause it's like, on one hand, you want to be happy for your friends, but on the other hand, like if you don't if their happiness is at your expense, you should be able to speak up and like, it's okay to be heard at that, but you have to like mention that you have to bring it up. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She could have easily been like, Hey, like I, I, you know, I'm a little hurt, honestly. Um, my pride's a little wounded. Uh, feel free to go out on a date. Like I'm giving you permission. Um, if for maybe like a little bit, you can just not like rub it in my face. That'd be great, <laughs> but I am happy for you, you know, and then pretty soon it'd move on and you know, but yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. I think, I think in instances like that happened more like when you were little kids and you were just mm-hmm. starting to like the opposite gender and, you know, tread the line of, you know, whatever. Um, I think little kids might do that, but for that, even for like Rachel to go ask for Monica, I don't know. That was a really interesting situation in general, yeah. but and then we sign off on the set with Julia Roberts um, and Matt, or uh, you know Matt Perry Chandler talking. And um, Julia, what a line, Julia! She just like threw it all out on the line as she about to walk, like as she almost walked away. And then Chandler was like, "There's no one around to hear that." He was like so bummed that 
he like couldn't prove it in front of anybody. Will, do you think that that was a little forward of someone like a girl to say, especially when you hadn't seen them in 20 years? Or is that something like, does that tell you something about maybe they're like, if someone, if someone came up to you, I mean, I know you're married and obviously we're not trying to stir up anything, obviously. <laughs> Don't get me in trouble. But like, <laughs> that's definitely not her goal, I promise. <laughs> but like, if somebody, if somebody like came up, say you're single and someone from the past comes up to you and they're like saying stuff like that after you haven't seen them in 20 years, like, does that tell you a little about what you think their character is? Like, is that like attractive? And you're like, Ooh, okay. I like a girl who can speak your mind. Or are you like, <laughs> this is the most random and it's only done on a set because of that she wants to pull Chandler in. Yeah, that's a good question. So the generality and generalization of, of sort of men is that most men would love for a woman to walk up to them and say that. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of depends on the guy, but I think the reality is like 80 to 85% of guys, if a girl walked up to them, whether he knew them or not and said that, or like had limited history with them, but like didn't really know them that well, they would probably be like, caught off guard and would probably actually be like a turnoff, like mm-hmm. I've, I've, to be that forward. Um, we different if like they had like a history where they dated before or whatever, but like it was fourth grade and he showed everybody her underwear. Right. So, um, I actually, in my notes, I said, I said, uh, Julia and then in parentheses, Renee is laying it on thick because that is, that is very forward. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, back when I was single, if anybody was that forward with me, I would kind of question like, how many guys have you said this to before? You know? Yeah. So. Good point. Yeah. That is a good point. Well, thank you for that guy insight. Uh, okay. <laughs> so then we go to the cafe and Joey is talking, is talking about Drew Barrymore and Joey makes a comment and he's the only guy in the round table. So he makes like this really like crass comment and he looks around after no one responds. He's like, no guys around, huh? And realizes like kind of where he's at and realizing that the girls just would not find that funny. Do you experience that at all? Well, like you're a, you're a funny guy too. So like, do you ever experience the like reaction is different with girls versus guys to where you're like, no guys around, huh? Okay. Yeah, I do all the time. Um, and normally I'm kind of quick on my feet enough to either like pivot mid like thing. Okay. Or, um, or just quiet. And then I'm like, no one. All right, cool. And then yeah. I'll get a chuck out of that. Like I actually related um, in sort of in the sequence, uh, Chandler goes, I'm sorry. I use humor as a defense mechanism. And I was like, I do that too. That's me. Like when I'm in a situation where like, in public and like I'm either embarrassed or like I don't know I do something stupid or like I've done it on um on my own podcast where like I say something and it's totally wrong and chances in my co-host chances like hey Will that's like not right at all and I'm just like well you know I was it's I'm just dumb so that (laughs) um so yeah I do that all the time I I mean I do it with my wife um Danielle sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll say something and she's like, no, like, yeah, you're right. It's, I, I, that was a stupid idea. I was just testing you to see if that was <laughs> even a good idea. But yeah. yeah, it happens to me all the time. Okay. That's funny. Um, 
and the only other thing like I wrote about this specific scene is that like Chandler like is so obsessed with this girl right now like he's a love okay but then when he he's talking about she asked him something about like what doing or having sex in the elevator and he like his response was just like something like he couldn't even form a sentence <laughs> we're like what yeah oh yeah it's the only thing i wrote about this scene um okay so then they go to we cut to the apartment and julia and chandler okay her name's renee right in the in the her name's Susie in the show no i just call her renee so i'm gonna just keep calling her julia because that's what we've been calling her okay julia and chandler are on the couch they're having a little couch action okay do you okay this i don't know if this is a girl thing will you'll have to chime in but there are some people when they're doing an on-screen kiss that you look at them and you're like, you look like a horrible kisser. <laughs> like there might be no chemistry. Their lips just don't line up. You're like, I don't know what you're doing, but you look like a terrible kisser. I'm a, I'm a girl. So I, maybe I look at that. To me, Julia Roberts looks like a fantastic kisser. Any comments? I agree in that. I think sometimes you watch like movie scenes or whatever where like because okay there's like a kiss and then there's like a kiss you know Mm -hmm. like like it's like making out but like there's definitely like some hybrid frenching going on in there somewhere right um and sometimes it just looks clunky like i i don't know if i could like look and tell you like if they're a good kisser or a bad kisser but Mm -hmm. um because admittedly when i started dating danielle uh, she told me I was a really bad kisser. Um, <laughs> hopefully after, uh, what, five, six years now, I've gotten better. But um, uh, So maybe a, que- maybe a question mark on my credibility on this topic. But okay. um, sometimes you just watch somebody kiss and you're like, wow, they like, really know what they're doing. And, and I, I think that's what, I think that's, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I caught it in this scene, but I bet if I went back now and looked, I'd be like, oh, yeah. You know. There was, I can't, and I wish I could remember so I could bring it up. There's a movie where it's like a famous actor and like, he's super hot. And then you're like, but he, but on the the on-screen kiss, there just doesn't seem to be like the mouth movement just seems, you're just like, oh no, he looks like a terrible kisser. It just doesn't line up. But this screen, I was like, Julia Roberts looks like a really good kisser. And I, I could say that more for her. I couldn't really make a comment on Chandler. Because it either has to be really bad or really good for me to really notice. Otherwise, it's just an on-screen kiss. Screen one way or another. Yeah. Right. But um, okay, so I have a fun fact about that. Actually, an audience member said about their on-screen kiss. So a real audience member while watching Friends said, "Julia looked at Matthew and said, I 'I'm glad we rehearsed this over the weekend.'" And a sound recordist commented, I've seen screen kisses before, but this was the best. They really went at it. (laughs) So I'm probably right in some degree. Um, And essentially, this is her tee up for the rest of the plot. She suggests a little kinky addition to their dinner because they have to make their dinner plans. So that's definitely going to come into play. She wants him to wear her underwear 
while she wears nothing. And I think the only thing that sells Chandler on wearing her underwear is her wearing nothing is because she's not going to be wearing any. I think that's the only reason why he agreed to it. Okay. Is this something that people do? Like people that we know who are dating, who are just out there doing this on (laughs) back when we used to have them before COVID. I'm like, I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, out of the 6 billion people in the world, there's gotta be, but are, or are you specifically asking people we know? I don't don't, don't even want to think of that. Okay. Yeah, no, let's not broach that topic. (laughs) I just found, I just found myself thinking, I was like, is this something that people, is this like a city person thing? Like, I go to Chicago and like Larry's wearing Linda's underwear and she's not wearing, I don't know. Larry and Linda. What a crazy lifestyle you live in. I am sure that people do that. Probably. There's weird people in this world. Okay, we don't have to call them weird <laughs> because they want to They're different. make things exciting. You're going to... What if all of our friends have a little bit of a kinky side? Yikes. All right, and moving on to Ross's apartment. <laughs> okay, so essentially it was a really quick, the monkey bailed. Yeah, on their on their play date. Do you guys have any comments about that? Nope. Me. It was just classic Ross. You got yeah. by a monkey. <laughs> like, it, like I like caught on. Like he's like talking to the monkey to Marcel or like whoever is speaking on behalf of Marcel as if he's like the housewife. Yeah. He's like, I get it. Monkey's gotta work. I didn't have anything special planned. I just thought it was hilarious. Like, yeah. Married to a monkey. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Yeah, so then we cut to the girls' apartment, and Phoebe is the mediator of the first fight. So, essentially, it turns into, like, this little flick fight where they keep flicking each other, and then they start hitting each other, and then there's, like, an all-out brawl. Have you ever had, like, a sibling fight like that? Like, Will, I know you have two brothers. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys probably wrestle more than oh yeah each other. <laughs> we wrestle like we still wrestle all the, like when we, when we get together at like Christmas all three of us it's like my mom gets stressed out my, <laughs> me and my older brother's wives get stressed out my younger brother's girlfriend gets stressed out because we're all just wrestling and they all think we're serious and they're like you're gonna hurt each other but like listen this is just what we do but there are times um, for me my brothers never have escalated too far but like uh-huh. there's times where like we would like be throwing punches. Like normally it wasn't like out of the out of the blue. It wasn't like it never turned went from like a verbal argument to that. Normally mm-hmm. it started with we were we we're already kind of chippy, so we started wrestling, but like we're kind of still playing around. But then somebody does something that's a little over the line. Okay. And somebody else like, hey, don't do that. And you like shove them and they shove you back and then like it turns into an actual fight. Oh my gosh. That doesn't happen too often though, but every now and then. Yeah. Mostly when you guys are already pre-warmed up with something yeah. that's a like little... The, the aggression is already, like, flowing. Right. This one happened real quick. It went, it went from zero to 100. For sure. Uh, Llewellyn, you? Um, no. I know you have brothers. Not with my brothers. They were yeah. kind to me. Um, I mean, verbally, not always, but because <laughs> I'm the youngest and the only girl. So I was spoiled in their minds. Um, But no, not with my brothers. Okay. I figured they'd kind of be an unfair fight. 
Yeah, they picked on my youngest brother a lot. Like the older two picked on him. So okay. he got the brunt of it all. Yeah. You're just a sweet little family angel. <laughs> uh, I was for about two years and that changed quickly. <laughs> uh, I don't think I ever, I don't know if me and Michelle ever did that. Um, I don't, I don't think so. We, we might've like, we might've every once in a while, but maybe we wrestled. I don't know. I don't know what we did. Okay, have you guys ever been, like, seriously flicked, though? Like, somebody flicked you, but, like, it was, like, with intention to hurt you? No. Was, no. Yes. It stings a lot. Ow. Like, it's, so, <laughs> we actually have a rule, Danielle and I, we can't flick each other anymore, because when we were engaged, we were driving one time, and I, I did something fairly aggressive while I was driving, and, like, I deal with some, like, I've got a lot better, but, like, I used to deal with some pretty intense road rage, and... <laughs> I, I like yell at somebody or something and she flicked me. Um, it was just on my arm, but like, yeah. it felt like I got shot. It was, it was like, <laughs> I was like, you are very strong. Like your fingers are very strong. <laughs> and so we actually have a rule. I, I wrote it down. I was like, we have a no flicking rule because of that. So I was like wow. watching them. Flick each no. other I, I could feel the pain. I was like, Oh gosh. <laughs> I can't, I, I haven't been flicked. But the towel whip, uh, the oh, worst. I, I do not tolerate that at all. It hurts it, a lot. It's painful, and I don't find it funny at all. I'm also not much of a prank person, so that might be why. Like, it airs on the side of like people think it's funny at your expense, but it actually is super painful. So it kind of has this double whammy of like, not only is that extremely painful but it's also like not funny to me. So I don't need you getting some weird joy out of something that's not funny to me. Yeah, I get that. I'm like, I'm like, I can feel you're like overly, pressure. you're overly like passionate pressure about that. Right <laughs> Never prank Leanne. My Never blood towel like flick Leanne. Yeah. I cannot stand it. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh. So then we head to Marcel's restaurant. Did you guys catch that? Yeah, I did. I didn't. It was like either they're not getting creative or they did it on purpose. I'm not quite sure. One thing that didn't make sense to me was Joey. He is flirting with that, what, production assistant or whatever. Um, And as soon as she mentions that she doesn't have any ability or like say with casting, he like turns his attention to like, all right, do we want something for the table? Or, you know, it's, it's kind of contradictory to his previous stance of like not seeing his way to the top, which I think is a little bit of a character step back, which is kind of a bar for the progress that we saw in Joey for in that, in that regard in this episode. Yeah, for sure. Um, Chandler, um, so essentially him and Julia are kind of going back and forth and Julia is coming on real strong and she's like, meet me in the bathroom in like five minutes or whatever it is, or meet me in the bathroom. And Chandler just gives it away at the table. He's not subtle. He's not trying to hide it. He literally, the whole table at that point should know what's happening because he's just a little too excited to be headed towards the bathroom. Yeah, he like announces it. He's like, I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> this is hilarious. Like Julia got up and just like slipped quietly away. 
and yet mm-hmm. he like announces it to the entire table yeah so we get into the bathroom and they go into that individual stall and we hear that he tucked his shirt <laughs> into the underwear and just the visual imaging of that in my brain of Matt LeBlanc in a bathroom stall with a shirt tucked into like an underwear string is hilarious to me. Wrong Matt. Wrong Matt. Matt Perry. Matt Perry. Why do I do that? Matt Perry. <laughs> I'm not envisioning Matt LeBlanc doing that. It's Matt Perry. Chandler. <laughs> um, so I think it's really funny. Um, okay. Can I just say? Yeah. Her bare feet on that bathroom floor a public oh i know right it's the grossest thing so gross um and like what did she kick her shoes off i must have missed that spot i think it just like when it panned to the bathroom like she was already like in process of losing her clothes Um, so like she just never had her shoes on Okay, that makes sense. Um, but then he like, as as she's like crescendoing to the point where she's gonna leave because that's what makes it funny. He like is asking all these random questions, like want me to clench anything? That has got to be the most awkward thing I have ever heard. Oh, hundred um, percent. What did he say? Anything else? I can't remember. I don't remember what he said. Yeah, was it? That was really the one. Because, admittedly, I mean, going into the scene, I didn't see that coming. Like, I, I've never seen this episode before somehow, and um, I thought, like, with with um, Julie Roberts' character laying on so thick the whole episode, I just thought it was going to be too much for Chandler. He's going to realize, like, oh, I don't want this. This is like she's nuts, and so I'm like. I'm like piecing together probably a lot at the same time that Chandler is what's going on. I was like, why does she want him to turn around? And I was like, Oh my gosh, she's going to leave him there. (laughs) I don't know. I just thought it was funny, but like, but yeah, then he said something like, you want me to clinch? It shows like how like clueless he is. Yes. I don't know. My, my experience in bathroom shenanigans in public is zero, but I don't know why you would take all of your clothes off. I don't know why, why, how that makes sense. You are absolutely right, actually. I think that unless you're in a one-person bathroom, and even then, sense. it makes zero sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was just like, he was just doing it because he was just desperate. I don't know. Well, I think because he was just still shocked at the fact that this woman like wanted to be with him. Oh, yeah. He was just excited to be there. So he's like, I'll do whatever you want me to do. (laughs) And is very strongly coming on to him, too. So that's got to be, like, a major turn on. Um, Okay, have you guys... Then he, he like, as he's looking under the bathroom stall, because he obviously can't follow her out, have you guys ever had to crawl out of a bathroom stall because it's gotten locked or something? I feel like I have crawled in her bathroom stall, but I don't remember what the reasoning was. I, I, I think I'm the same way. I think I did once, but I don't remember why. Yeah. I have this thing about bathroom floors in public where, like, if I can right. just avoid touching it in general, I will. But I think I remember a time in, like, middle school or high school where I either crawled over or under a stall door. Mm-hmm. But 
I think I was probably just being stupid. I don't know if it's because I was locked in. Yeah. I, I might have I might have too when I was when I was younger, but I don't know what the reason would have been. Yeah. I was say, I do recall, however, a time I won't give the reasoning, um, but I I couldn't leave a stall in middle oh, school no. and oh, I was no. mortified. And cause it's like I'm stuck here and I can't leave. <laughs> the worst <laughs> okay now i really want to know the reason but i'm going to honor your privacy and not ask you but i'm dying on the inside a little bit be i've been stuck i've been stuck in them before when there's like no toilet paper yes me oh, too geez. that's the worst yeah. and then you're like i have to ask wait. like some rando who comes in <laughs> yeah uh, and you guys know me i i don't do like i can't do messes like i just so like the idea of like not having toilet paper i'm like this is wrong there's <laughs> nope oh yeah absolutely um so then we cut to the uh jcvd date with uh monica because monica has been allowed finally to go on a date and he says that the only reason he is going out with her is because rachel told him that she'd have a threesome with drew barrymore which is such a low thing of Rachel to do. And it's a really quick scene because essentially they want to get back to the battle that's going to happen with the girls. But um, fun fact, later in the year, in that year, Courtney Cox and Drew Barrymore would would co-star on screen. No, in the movie Scream. Yep. Then Jen Aniston and Drew Barrymore co-starred and he's just not that into you. And Matt LeBlanc and Drew Barrymore would co-star in the back-to-back Charlie's Angels movies in 2000 and 2003. So even though she doesn't actually make an appearance in this show, she is connected to them a lot of ways and in just a mention, which is kind of funny. Yeah. So, of course, Monica is horrified on her date that the only reason he's going out with her is to have a threesome, which is... Just a terrible thing, I think, of Rachel to do in general. And, of course, that has a battle that ensues back at the apartment. And it's the battle of the accessories. (laughs) I have to say that Rachel's reactions to Monica pulling the string more and more, where she does that little, like, jump, like, it looks so sincere. Yeah. I don't know. Any thoughts on that? I just really like that sweater because I agree. I mean, she's like, uh, or she's really good at acting, which is probably the actual case. But like, just like the gasps, I was like, I like, I found myself gasping. I was like, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) yes, I think, I think they did a really good job. And like, they're two accessory type things, you know, like a sweater obviously is something to wear, but then the purse, like, how do you clean out a purse with, (sighs) you can't. You know, you really can't. Um, and then the fact that Phoebe is the voice of reason is also a little comical because she's usually <laughs> a little bit out there, but she brings balance in some yes. odd ways throughout the friendships. Um, so I think it was, I think it was helpful for Phoebe to be the one that was like, oh, I'm bringing the voice of reason. And she's, you know, settling down everyone's emotions. And then we find out that um, Rachel's gloves were in Monica's purse. So she got double whammy by her own anger, which is 
kind of a, a double bummer for Rachel. <laughs> she got the worst of it. Yeah, she did. Um, okay. So then Joey, we find out back in the restaurant, he is going to the bathroom. So he is whistling and all of a sudden he, (laughs) he hears the whistle being repeated, which throws him off completely. And then he, he like, I think what Chandler's the one that says Joey because he like figures it's him, like finds out mm. it's him. Yeah. Um, and then Joey, here's my thought. Shouldn't Chandler have just taken off the underwear so that the guys didn't see it? I mean, you would think so. I mean, if, in order to like save himself even further humiliation, like he's going to have to come out of there somehow. He's going to have to tell them he has no underwear but they didn't necessarily have to find out that he had on girls underwear. He should have just taken them off and like, I don't know, tightly grasped them so that they couldn't see in his hand or like threw them in a different, in like the third stall or something random. You know what I mean? Yeah. You would think. I just think he could have like avoided some of that, but of course it's the show and they want to, but also like Joey or Ross could have given him their coat <laughs> true. to cover himself. That is so true. Okay, but the funniest part of that scene to me was when, you know, uh, Chandler finishes whistling the line that Joey's whistling, and then Joey whistles it back, and Chandler goes, Joey? And Joey goes, Ma? <laughs> like, what? I didn't even pick that up. I didn't either. I I cracked up because I mean, first of all, it's it's a men's room. Second of all, right? Does that mean you like? Is this something that you and your mom whistle together? Like, apparently, it might be. And then the weirdness is that he's singing it while he's going to the bathroom. Maybe it was like a bathroom song that his mom made up or something when he was a kid. Well, (laughs) sometimes I whistle when I go to the bathroom at work too. Like, like the, like the, like the public men's room. And like, I don't know. Maybe there's like people in there already. Maybe not, but like, yeah. Is it a guy? Is it a guy thing? Cause like women don't do that. Women don't do that. Here's what what women will do. We'll be in the full fledged middle of a conversation going into the bathroom. But as soon as each individual person hits their stall, the conversation stalls. Everyone does their own business and then back out of the stall, the conversation resumes. Yep. Yeah, I think men see their use of the bathroom much differently. Because, well, first of all, men don't go to the bathroom together, typically. Like that's true. When when you're out at the restaurant and like there's two girls hanging out, yeah. Go, hey, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Want to come with me? They go, oh yeah, yep. we'll go together. And there's re- I mean, there's reasons for that too. You know what I mean? But like with guys, it's like I'm gonna go to the bathroom, and the other goes, okay, see you in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and. But if they do happen to be in the bathroom at the same time, it's probably surely by coincidence. But like, <laughs> this is going to sound so strange. Like, I will start a conversation with someone as I walk into the bathroom. Hey, how's it going? Oh, did you see, you know, this at work the other day? And like, as it's ever, as everything's happening, we're still talking. So interesting. The thought, the thought that it just goes dead quiet is foreign to me, at least. And so, I don't know. Well, I honestly, guys, go ahead. 
guys also like you guys stand at at what are they called urinals and you can see each other whereas girls were divided by walls so it, it can sometimes be like weird because you're like oh i'm talking to you but there could be other people in here That's and true. they might think but, i'm talking to them but you also definitely don't make eye contact while you're yeah, using yeah i've heard that <laughs> never it's one of the rules and when, but even, you don't stand next to each other either right if you can there's always one song or one urinal in between yeah you start if you're the only one in there. You start at the, the very end, <laughs> yeah, because you gotta leave room for other people to come in. Uh, I have watched a video about the different situations of men in bathroom stall or uh, the urinals. There's etiquette to it. Oh, it's yeah. hilarious. It was hilarious to watch when somebody violates it. Like it's not just like oh we'll just improvise. The whole the fabric of manhood falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have waited outside of a bathroom to use it when there's only like three stalls and the one guy used the middle one instead of using the end one. Wow. I will wait outside until he's done. Wow. So it, they're never full, even even if they're busy. Like, say you're at a stadium and That's those an bathrooms. Example. Yeah. When it's steps. like when time is an issue, then yeah, yeah you use what's available. Okay. But but if time is not an issue, then everyone has to adhere to the code. That's right. Sounds like a pirate's code, like a parlay or something for pirates. Oh, it is. Um, yeah, it's men see the bathroom as a utility. It's the same as going to get a cup of coffee. I'm going to the bathroom because I have to, and I'm going to get a cup of coffee because I'm thirsty. And so what happens during that is sort of up in the air. Okay. Interesting. Thank you for that breakdown of bathroom etiquette <laughs> as well as... So we'll do a whole episode on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, visit Will's podcast. He's going to do a separate one-off from his football well, over, So he might have to. <laughs> um, okay, so then Ross comes in, and he's, he, in the reflection of the mirror, sees Joey just peering over the side of the stall. And he says, Joey, some people don't like that. That, to me, is probably the funniest part so in the whole funny. episode. Uh, it was good. It was so funny. Okay. So he pops over to the other stall, is also looking down, figures out the whole thing. And then that other guy walks in and sees all of them peering like over the stalls to each other. Yeah. It's the weirdest situation, that poor guy. Can you imagine? Okay. So then they figure out that like he can't give... They, none of them give him anything. So he walks out with the door. But he walked out with so much pride. He, he was did. like, I'm doing it. I'm going. We're good. That is true. Can you imagine being a guest in that dining room? Can you imagine being one of the guests that was on the other side of him? <laughs> over the door? Uh, that was my other question. Why didn't they grab two doors? I don't know. Why, did, why didn't he just fashion some underwear out of toilet paper instead of taking the whole door. He had so many options. Yeah, also, did those, yeah. did those guys have like screwdrivers in their jacket pockets that we didn't know about? Because how did they get those doors off? I mean, a lot of guys carry knives, pocket knives. That's true. But yeah. Is Ross and Joey the type of people that you think <laughs> carry pocket knives around? <laughs> No, but for this instance, they must. Maybe they did. Um, okay, so then we go back to the cafe, and they're 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 making jokes about Chandler. You know, Phoebe's like, "Okay, okay, keep your panties on," 
and like they're just they're just having fun with them um but essentially we have what i like to call a mar a marcel montage yeah where all of a sudden we see all the places they're able to go together before his final goodbye and i believe this is the last time we see marcel i think you're right I didn't do any research on it and I probably should have, but I, I'm pretty sure this was the last pop-up because we haven't seen him since season one and we're already half, you know, more than halfway into season two. Um, so I do think this is like that last little one-off of seeing him and then he goes off into the wind forever. So good riddance and bye Marcel. Danielle was watching this episode with me last night as we rewatched it and she made him a comment where she said that, um, I can't remember his name, but the actor who plays Ross um, actually hated that monkey. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yes, they all did. Really? Why is yeah. that? I don't know if there's a reason why. They yeah. just working with a monkey. They just all hated him. Well, and I think I had read somewhere that they they like the handlers wouldn't really give them an opportunity to bond with the monkey so I think they thought that like working with him was difficult because like they weren't really able to do anything I don't know I should have I should have read up on it a little bit more but well that makes um, sense but they were like really frustrated that that they couldn't like bond bond with him or whatever yeah I get that um yeah, so then the last scene, or anything about the main bulk of the episode before we... Well, we just learned, we also learned at the cafe that Joey got a part in this film. Finally. Yes. Which oh, takes yeah, us to yeah, the yeah. tag. That's right. He got put up for a role, yeah. which we find out about in the tag. And essentially, Joey is like a terrible actor. <laughs> oh, terrible. All he has to do is die. Or act like he's dying, and he can't even do that, right? So he's he just, just felt... plays his character as already being dead. Instead. Yeah. <laughs> After like <laughs> ten takes. This character is dead. <laughs> um. Okay, so that is this episode. This is part two. So, um, Will, how would you rate this in our episode rating system? I enjoy this episode there's some episodes of friends where i don't enjoy it as much because i feel like it's a lot of nothing happening uh-huh but um i think it helps that this is a part two um mm. between a two-part it's kind of a two-parter so, like a lot of the stuff that like was building up had happened but i would say i would rate this as a central perk because nice. i very much enjoyed it and I, I laughed out loud which is a goal for me um mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was I was curious was how every outcome was going to happen. So nice, it's nice. a, a good rating. And you, Llewellyn? Yeah, I am actually going to match you on that. I would call this a central perk as well. Um, I'm not usually this generous with any of our episodes, but I will say that this is one of the most memorable episodes to me with friends. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think probably because I, I love Chandler and that whole scene is hilarious. Um, but I also distinctly remember the fights between Monica and Rachel and their the purse, like the whole purse and sweater scene just makes me cringe every time I watch it. Um, but like, I, I like remember so much about this 
episode. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was overall well done. Yeah. Nice. I'm actually going to agree. It's a central what? perk all the way around. Wow. Um, never happened. For, for, I know for all of the reasons you both said, um, they're probably some of the most memorable plot stories. Um, not the most, but some of the most when you think of friends and you see certain episodes pop up, I think having Julia Roberts on this episode helps. I think, um, having, um, let me see, um, the girls with, you know, their fight, you know, you have some episodes where one plot is very strong. You know, you have one character development plot. That's the main one. And then you have other that is kind of weaker, just a supporting one. But I feel like between the girls and the whole Jean-Claude Van Damme story, but also Chandler and his whole story, Marcel wasn't as strong, but because he was looped in with like the Chandler story in the bathroom, I just thought it was all hilarious and such a great, such a great funny episode. And and Ross, Ross actually made me laugh out loud. So I figure that's got to give this some good points because if he can make me laugh out loud, then I've got to score a little higher than I normally do. So yeah. So this episode is a central perk to all around. So um, all right, then we're going to go into our post-show wrap up with our recommend to a friend segment. So Llewellyn, I see that you have something written down. Yeah. So I was looking at my phone the other day and um, I know Will works in an area where you can buy these from like different, a different company, obviously. Um, but I just want to give a shout out to, I'm going to say this name wrong. Spigen, I think is the name. Okay. Phone cases. So mm. I, I know a lot of people get like otter boxes for their phones because they're afraid of dropping, breaking it. I personally hate otter boxes because they make your phone look like a, a brick. brick. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stand them. Um, so but I'm also one that drops my phone. So I'm like, I have to have something on it. I can't just, can't just hold as much as I would love to not have it. Cause I love the way that iPhones look. Um, I have to have a case. So these phone cases I've, I think with my eight that I had last time I had for two and a half years, I only had to buy one case and it lasted me the whole time, which was pretty incredible. And it, I mean, the paint kind of chips off of it. So if you're okay with that, that's fine. But, um, it had a kickstand so I was able to like watch sideways but it never fell apart on me and it always kept my phone safe um so if you're looking for a case that protects your phone doesn't cost you five million dollars like the other boxes do mm-hmm. um spig in phone cases are pretty cheap I think this is like 12 bucks nice nice so, yeah cool recommended to a friend Yes. Will, do you have anything that you would recommend to a friend? Yes. My recommendation um, on a project I've used recently um, for my own purposes, and that I would recommend for those who are interested in it, um, are Yeti microphones. Um, specifically, Yeti has a line called Blue, or maybe it's Blue microphones and they have a line called Yeti. Um, anyways, I use a um, Yeti a blue Yeti nano microphone, um, hundred bucks. Uh, and so for those who are, you know, interested in, you know, like live streaming games, video games nowadays, it's really popular. Um, obviously everybody has their own podcast nowadays, including myself. Um, and so I use it for that. Um, and I really wasn't interested in spending, you know, 
15, two, you know, 1500, 2000 bucks on a podcast setup. And so our recording, uh, like a rig and stuff like that. So I just bought this mic. It's a USB mic, plug it straight into my computer and just record straight into like, I don't use crazy editing software. I use like, um, you know, GarageBand, Audacity, basically any of the free stuff that kind of comes with it. Um, and it works great. So to anybody uh, who's looking to start streaming or they just want to record for their own purposes um, or do, or if you have a podcast, I definitely recommend uh, Blue Yeti Nano Mics, 100 bucks. So, Love it. Yes, it's good. Love it, love it. I'm going to recommend a product that I have been dying to buy for forever because it is expensive. Um, it is a Christoph Robin hairbrush. Now I know that sounds crazy. Christoph Robin is a very well-known French um, hairstylist and colorist, and he started making his own products, but they make their um, detangling hairbrush by hand using, I think, boar um, boars. Um, they're not quills. I don't know what they call it. It's not fur cause it's a little bit rougher, but they like literally farm it off of the ground. They don't like pluck, you know, like they're whatever, but, um, apparently it's supposed to be really healthy for your hair. Um, it helps promote, um, like blood circulation to like to stimulate your scalp to keep from, um, help, like eliminate product buildup and to oxygenate, you know, your hair and your scalp. So um, it's supposed to be really, you know, good and healthy for your hair. It's detangling. So it doesn't pull on your hair. If you have hair like mine, that is so hard to brush because it's constantly tangling. Um, This is really great because it doesn't pull on that. It's sort of um, like you would think like for those of you who know tangly hair, you probably have a wet brush Um, which it gives a little bit. So as you're brushing, it's not like the spikes are really like stiff. Um, It gives way. So I would recommend the Christoph hair, uh, Christoph Robin uh, detangling hairbrush. I got it on a black Friday deal because I wasn't going to pay full price. Sorry, Christoph. Um, But I got, I just got it in and I'm super excited about it. So highly recommend to a friend. Well, that wraps up our episode together. Will, thank you so much for being on, on your own. Um, I remember when we told Danielle that we wanted to have you separately and she was like, did you not like us together? And we're like, no, it's because we liked you so much together that we need to spread you guys out to like, get you to help cover more episodes because we want to have our friends like be on our episode. Plus having a guy perspective is always helpful. So thanks for taking the time. I know you have a drum lesson, like two minutes ago. So, um, (laughs) we're going to let you go and we will see all the rest of you. We're going to be back in three weeks. So we are going to take a Christmas break, um, in order to spend time with loved ones, um, and allow you to spend time with your loved ones and not be, um, waiting at your phone for the next, the one with friends podcast to, you know, come out. So we'll see you in three weeks and we'll cover the one with the prom video. So it'll be a juicy one. Yeah, so we'll see you guys in January on the One With Friends podcast.